Today we are considering Baptist Catechism number 22, which asks, What is the misery of that estate wherein man fell? Answer, All mankind, by their fall, lost communion with God, are under His wrath and curse, and so made liable to all the miseries of this life, to death itself, and to the pains of hell forever. I'll read now from Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. Hear now the reading of God's holy word. The words of Jesus. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? And when did we see you in as a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you and when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you and the king will answer him truly I say to you as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers you did it to me then he will say to those on his left depart from me you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels for I was hungry and you gave me no food I was thirsty and you gave me no drink I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is now the reading of God's most holy word. May he add his blessing to the preaching of it this afternoon. Questions 16 through 22 of our catechism all contain bad news. Uh, This is a a difficult portion of our uh, catechism in that regard. Questions 16 through 22 all contain bad news. Let me review them for you now. Did our first parents continue in the estate wherein they were created? That's question 16. Answer, our first parents, being left to the freedom of their own will, fell from the estate wherein they were created by sinning against God. It's bad news. What is sin? Question 17. Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. I suppose that is not bad news, but it is a bad thing that is being described there, namely sin against God and against His law. Question 18, what was the sin whereby our first parents fell from the estate wherein they were created? The sin whereby our first parents fell from the estate wherein they were created was their eating the forbidden fruit. So there the sin of Adam and Eve is described. 19, did all mankind fall in Adam's first transgression? Answer, the covenant being made with Adam not only for himself but for all his posterity or descendants... All mankind descending from him by ordinary generation sinned in him and fell with him in his first transgression. Question 20 asks, Into what estate did the fall bring mankind? 
Remember Adam in the garden before sin entered the world was in an upright state. He was in a state of innocence. Now we're asking what estate did the fall bring mankind? And the answer is the fall brought mankind into an estate of sin and misery. Question 21 then asks, wherein consists the sinfulness of that estate wherein two men fell? So the word sin is here being defined. Answer, the sinfulness of that estate wherein two men fell consists in the guilt of Adam's first sin, the lack of original righteousness and the corruption of his whole nature, which is commonly called original sin, together with all actual transgressions which preceded from it. Now question 22 again, what is the misery of that estate wherein man fell. So man fell into an estate of sin and misery. We've talked about the sinfulness of the estate into which man fell. Now we are talking about the misery of that estate wherein man fell. All mankind by their fall lost communion with God, are under His wrath and curse, and so made liable to all the miseries of this life, to death itself and to the pains of hell forever is the answer. I should tell you that good news is coming. Good news is coming very soon, even in the next question of our catechism, which is, did God leave all mankind to perish in the estate of sin and misery? So did God leave them there? Um, Would He have been wrong to leave all mankind there? We say, no, He would not have been wrong to do so. He would not have been unjust. It would have been perfectly just for God to leave mankind in this estate of sin and misery. The answer that we will come to is that God having out of His mere good pleasure from all eternity elected some to everlasting life, did enter into a covenant of grace to deliver them out of the estate of sin and misery and to bring them into an estate of salvation by a Redeemer. That's wonderfully good news. That's the good news of the Gospel that is beginning to emerge here in our catechism. Here uh, we learn about uh, the good pleasure of God. We learn about the doctrine of election. We hear about everlasting life. We hear about a covenant of grace. We hear about a Deliverer. We hear about in a state of salvation by a Redeemer. It's all good news that is brought to us in question 23. But here I am asking you to pay very careful attention to the bad news. Pay very careful attention to the bad news. Let it sink in. No one likes bad news, especially not bad news of this magnitude. This is the worst of bad news. But the bad news concerning our sin and its consequences must be preached, it must be contemplated for two reasons. One, it is true. Two, it is the bad news that makes the good news so very good. When we come to consider the good news and the salvation that is ours in Christ Jesus, it must be contrasted with the bad news of man's fall into sin and the estate of sin and misery into which all of mankind has been plunged as a result. We have learned that when Adam fell into sin, he brought the whole of mankind into an estate of sin and misery, for Adam was our federal head or representative. We have also asked what is sinful about his fallen estate. Now we are asking what is miserable about it. What is the misery that has come upon humanity as a result of man's fall into sin? Let's consider the answer piece by piece. All mankind by their fall, one lost communion with God. I think it is interesting that this is the first misery mentioned. Many might think that sickness or death were the greatest miseries that came upon humanity as a result of sin. But our catechism starts here by mentioning 
lost communion with God. To have communion with God is to be in a right relationship with Him. To have communion with God is to enjoy His presence. Communion is a sweet thing, is it not? Husbands and wives enjoy communion with one another. Parents and children enjoy communion with one another, where the relationship is as it should be. But where relationships are broken, communion is lost. And so it is with man's relationship to God. All mankind, by their fall, lost communion with God. So it was not just Adam and Eve that were expelled from the Garden of Eden. It was not just Adam and Eve who were cast out of God's presence in that good sense there, where they enjoyed that communion with God before. But all of their descendants were born outside of Eden too. This is mentioned or listed as the first misery of our fallen condition. I wonder if you would agree that this is to be considered the first and greatest misery. Uh, If I were to ask you, what what, what is so bad about our fallen state, would you say this? First of all, the, the, the worst thing about our fallen condition is that our relationship with God has been broken. It's been severed. We've been alienated from Him. We are children of wrath now and not uh, children who are in a right standing with Him uh, as it was before sin entered into the world. Or would you begin to list some of the other miseries that follow? Two, all mankind by their fall are under God's wrath and curse. So we we are at enmity with Him. We've lost communion with God as a result of man's fall into sin. And we are now under God's wrath and curse. Wrath is God's holy and just response to sin. Curse here refers to the judgments of God that were threatened in the covenant of works. Remember God said to Adam in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die, referring to the forbidden fruit. We are under God's wrath and curse in our natural and unregenerate condition now that man has fallen into sin. This is why Paul speaks of those not in Christ as being by nature children of wrath. Were Adam and Eve, by nature, children of wrath before sin entered into the world? No, they were right before God. They were beloved creatures of God. They enjoyed communion with God. They were not under His wrath and curse in any way. They were not not in need of grace in that sense. But they were in a right relationship with God. But after man's fall into sin, all who were born into this world, all of the descendants of Adam, are by nature children of wrath, Paul says. We are under God's wrath. We are under His curse. The curses that have fallen upon us because that covenant of works has been broken. Three, the words and so in our catechism indicate that what follows are the consequences or fruits of being alienated from God and under His wrath and curse because of sin. So all mankind by their fall, one, lost communion with God, two, are under God's wrath and curse, and then we find the words, and so, and then a number of things are listed. These are other miseries that come upon us because of this broken relationship with God. First of all, we are made liable to all the miseries of this life. Does life involve miseries? It does. The older you grow, I think, the more you become aware of the miseries of life, what might be listed under the category, the miseries of this life. Sickness, uh, difficult work, broken relationships, 
these are the kinds of things that we experience in, these li- in this life that might be called miseries. Why do we experience them? Well, we experience these miseries because of sin, um, because of Adam's first sin. My wife nudged me earlier and said, but not all of the miseries of this life come as the direct result of sin. I don't know if she said it quite like that, but maybe in abbreviated form. I said, that is true. Not all of the miseries of life that come upon you come as a direct result of your sin, as if it's a judgment of God that is befalling you. But every misery you encounter in this life is the result of sin, in the sense that it is the result of our fallen condition and Adam's first sin. If Adam did not fall, would we experience misery? No. We'd be living in an upright condition, and we'd be at peace with God, and all would be well in this world. But because of Adam's fall into sin, we experience miseries of many different kinds in this life. We are under God's wrath and curse. We are fallen. We experience misery. Secondly, all are made liable to death itself. Perhaps you have noticed this, that all men die. If Adam would have obeyed, he would not have died physically. But he would have been translated from life to a higher order of life. He would have passed the testing period. He would have eaten of the tree of life. He would have passed from life in paradise to a higher form of life, namely life in glory. He would have passed into the consummate state, you see. But after the fall, men and women go from death to death. That is to say, from a state of spiritual death to eternal death. And the gateway is physical death. Are you following me here? Men go from death to death if they die in their sins. The gateway from life on earth spiritually dead to eternal life in spiritual death is physical death. But those united to Christ go by faith from life to life. They are spiritually alive in Christ in this world, and because they are in Christ, they will live before God forever and ever. They will enter into the higher order of life that was offered to Adam but forfeited, but they will pass from life to life through the same door, namely physical death. Those in their sins and those in Christ must walk through the same door, the door of physical death. Those who die in their sins go from death to death. Those who die in Christ go from life to life. And this is why Paul says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? 1 Corinthians 15.55 What does he mean by that? He means that for the Christian, we experience death still, unless the Lord returns. We experience death still. But for the Christian, the sting of death has been removed. Yes, it is still an unpleasant thing to die. Yes, there is a sense in which we still do not... Uh, look forward to death. We, we, we fear it in a sense, but its sting has been removed because we will go from life to life in Christ Jesus. For the one in Christ, the sting of physical death has been removed. But not for the one who dies in their sins. For the one who dies in their sins, that is to say, not in Christ and alienated from God, death is the doorway from death to death. And this is the third and last consequence mentioned that comes as a result of our alienation from God and being under His wrath and curse. The pains of hell forever. That is to say, eternal punishment. You know, men and women like to talk about the love of God 
and the love of Jesus Christ. Indeed, God is love, and in Christ the love of God is manifest. There is no doubt about that. But because God is love, perfectly so, He is also perfectly against all that is evil. We cannot fail to talk about this reality. God is love, but He is also perfectly holy and just. And the Scriptures have a lot to say about that. Christ Himself had a lot to say about that. I read Matthew 25, 31-46 just a moment ago. That passage concludes with these words from Jesus. It is Jesus Himself who says, And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Christ had a lot to say about the reality of hell, the reality of eternal punishment, the reality of eternal separation from God being under His just condemnation. And so we cannot miss this, friends. Christ taught that hell is the destination for all who are not in Him, who live lives of unrighteousness before Him. Hell, that is to say, eternal punishment is a real place. That is where all who die in their sins will go. But all who die in Christ, united to Him by faith, will pass through the door of physical death into life everlasting in the presence of God. And so we must be found in Christ. We must turn from our sins and believe in Him to the saving of our souls, indeed to the saving of body and soul for all eternity. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, help us to comprehend the misery that has come upon us when Adam fell into sin and we in him. Help us to contemplate this misery, to truly believe it, so that we might greater appreciate the Messiah, Christ Jesus the Lord, who lived for us and died for us, who made propitiation for our sins so that the wrath of God might be removed from us. We ask you that you would help us to love Christ and to cling to Him all the more, understanding what it is that He has saved us from. Help us, O Lord, to cling to Christ. May we be found in Him on the last day when the Lord returns or when You take us home. Strengthen our faith, O God, we pray in Christ's name.